comes at me with a knife, puts the blade in my mouth, says, let's put a smile on that face. And why so serious? Now we know. It's a good question. Um, so I've been finding out that, so that microphone, we have like the, like the little thing on top of it, but the pop filters. But the pop filter is still necessary, unfortunately, at least for this kind of purpose. It's not bad if I'm doing like a like a reaction thing and I'm kind of away from the mic, but it doesn't protect protect against the. Uh, it's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. It does protect against the spit, though. Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm already recording. I did that uh, Rick from Rick and Morty impression that one time. But I, I haven't been able to do it again since. See, see, that was my worry with this Joker impression, that you're going to do it now, and then next time you try to do it, it's like, I did it perfect that well, one time. Well, we were recording. now we have proof. Well, yeah, because I started recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only reason for recording there. Just, just, just this, is, this is the whole reason why you came over. This is the whole reason why I came over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. It is. I'm sorry I'm putting salt into those wounds. <laughs> People flaking on me recently has been pretty big issue. I'm trying not to be super dick about it either. Do you know who was very flaky? Caitlin Wright. Okay. How so? See her freckles? Very mm-hmm. flaky. How are freckles flaky? It's like it's like snowflakes that kind of just like turn you like a slight brownish color so you're saying the complexion of her skin is flaky in that freckles are flakes mm-hmm. <laughs> fair enough okay i can see that there's some bit of logic in there that you somehow came up with on the spot so <laughs> after saying something ridiculous <laughs> and not knowing what you're gonna do so let's imagine this let's mm-hmm. imagine someone infu- infuses water with like a spray tan lotion right so they they do that and then they create they like they put it into the atmosphere and then it rains, which is fine. But then it snows and the snowflakes and someone's is out there and the 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 suntan infused um, snowflakes fall into your skin, create these little like freckles. Mm-hmm. That's how freckles came to be. Wow, they should do that more often. I don't think so. Why not? I'm not a fan of freckles. I'm the exact opposite. See, I I know that's why. You enjoyed Caitlin Wright. Mm-hmm. I think she lives in like Washington State now. She lives like on the other side of the country. Huh. Interesting. She had a baby. Yes. Oh God, babies. Mm-hmm. How many babies does it take? Well, she had one with the, her boyfriend. It's always the boyfriend. It's never just some <laughs> random guy. It's all. It's a lot of times. It's some random guy. Sometimes some random guy turns out to be the boyfriend all along. Hmm. Interesting. Intriguing. It's really deep. Uh, what's the first subject we're doing? I thought this was it. Oh, this was it? <laughs> I thought this was the episode. <laughs> Freckles, okay. No, this is the episode. It's just us talking. Just, it's just us talking. Well, I mean, that's, that's the concept of the show. It is the concept of the show. Uh, th- this is how I do like the, the, the pitch for the show mm. on the reaction. 
Uh, and you should uh, check out my podcast that I host with my best friend Meter. It's called We Need to Talk, and We Need to Talk is a podcast where two best friends talk about anything. Love, life, pursuit of happiness, euthanasia, prostitution, all the good stuff you might want to talk about. So if you want to see that, just go to like um, and, and any podcast player. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Libsyn, I guess, and YouTube. Yeah, we're on YouTube, and if you want to see more, definitely check us out, because we're on Facebook.com slash We Need to Talk Show, or Twitter.com slash WTT1. Uh, we're also on Podcast NH, so check us out there. And I have an app. This is not going to the app. Mm-hmm. But it's like I butcher like half the time purposely. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, like uh, the last one's kind of like. And so we have a podcast that's called Fucking. I don't want to do this again. Fuck. We need to talk. This podcast is. And then I just kind of just keep going. <laughs> well, just don't do such a long one. It's very, it's very manic. Just leave. Just. <laughs> so that's what that's what I don't get about. People who are talking about their podcast and they're they're saying like, where can you find us? Like, if people want to find you, they're gonna find you. You don't need to tell them where to find you. Ninety nine percent of the time, especially if it's a podcast, where can they find us? Well, chances are they're listening to us literally right now, so you don't need to know where to find us because you already found us. Mm-hmm. So why do we need to say Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify when you can just be like, you're listening. Good job. Well, I, I don't know, because I think if you have other platforms outside, so I don't think it makes sense to talk about your podcast on, like, where you can find them. If you're listening to a podcast and that's what you're trying to sell, but if you're trying to sell, like, your social media platforms, then it's good to bring up, because they might not be aware you're on this, this, or that. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something that they use that they're like, okay, hey, I'm going to follow this person on this. Mm. That's why everybody should just have a, a, a website domain that links to their podcast nh website page that has all of the links right there so everyone's gonna be a part of podcast nh everyone's gonna be part of podcast usa what if they're in germany then i'll buy podcast germany (laughs) i will buy that domain so the place i currently work is kind of interesting because okay i don't know if this is true i might be making this up I, i don't think i am though so we have we have locations all across the U.S., but then randomly, we no, actually, this is the bank I currently use. It's the credit union. So they have locations all across New England, and for some reason, they have a few locations in Germany. Why? Mm-hmm. How did they get in Germany? I Okay, so I'm going to, I own podcastusa.org, and then I'll buy podcastnotusa.org. Oh, <laughs> and I'll wait for everybody else. That, that's, that's, uh, that's. <laughs> podcastnotusa. <laughs> See that that saves you any kind of hassle in the future because you know let's say podcast Afghanistan becomes a thing, mm-hmm. they're just part of podcast not USA. Absolutely, you don't have to think about it; it's already there. I own podcast NA North America. Oh, and I own several of the provinces in uh, Canada. Quebecistan. That's not a real one. Damn it! But yes, Montreal. <laughs> That's one. Yeah, I thought that was a city. Yes, it's it's all those things. Oh, I know New Brunswick is Mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. They have a giant mall there, where it's got like uh, ships and stuff like that. (laughs) You can buy a steamship. It it won't. No, it's a ship you can like ride. It's like a like a theme park inside a mall. Oh, and it's like a pirate ship, Mm -hmm. and you can like go on roller coasters and stuff. Inside the pirate ship? Well, inside the mall. But the mall, <laughs> the pirate ship is part of it is one of the attractions as well as a roller coaster. 
Those are two separate attractions. You get two separate attractions. Or is it a pirate ship mall. roller coaster? I want to say that there's a, there's a mall inside the pirate ship. Wait, wait there's a mall inside the mall? Wait, wait, okay, hold on. Stop. I, I want to say that, but I can't. One, there's a big mall. Yeah. Two, there's a pirate ship within the mall. Three, there's a mall within the pirate ship within the mall. There's also a pirate ship within the mall within the pirate ship. Mallception. Oh, Mallception. But that's kind of what things are like in certain places because I've went i been to Baltimore before and Baltimore is like the biggest place I've been to. I mean, I guess Boston's bigger, mm-hmm. but Baltimore just had a lot going on with it. Mm-hmm. And there was this whole like uh, this whole mall strip that was there. And it was a most unusual thing because there's like the mall strip, but then there's like these malls within inside the mall. It was like, let's go to the mall and the mall is this huge, huge, big complex. And then there's the mall within the mall, which is like another little thing. So it was kind of like very confusing. I don't understand how there can be a mall within a mall. So it's it's like it's like plazas might be the right term. Okay. So there's like like the, the like the food court is all the food in one area, and then there's like the clothing area. But I th- I feel like with a mall, it's like always like different things. Like you have a clothing store, and then a record store, and then. A toy store, and then a Build-A-Bear, and then another clothes store. So there are separate buildings, all kind of in the same area. Mm-hmm. And those different buildings had different stores inside of them, of course. But uh, so in, in my perception, maybe this is wrong. I kind of saw the whole the whole complex, like all the different buildings, as being the mall, the, the mall in general. Mm-hmm. But each the mall had all these little malls inside of it. So that's usually called a strip mall when there's a bunch of buildings all next to each other. Like, uh, like, I don't know, there's one r- literally right there that has, like, the pizza place and the smoke shop and the convenience store. What I'm going to call this is the mall with a capital M. Versus the Lilac Mall, which used to exist and now I think it's pretty much dead. But that had, like, a bunch of things all within one building that were sectioned off areas for each store within that building. Mm-hmm. It's a little confusing with uh, kind of the businesses in this area because... Like I think overall, from what I can tell, the the town I think it's a town. It's not think it's a city, but the town's doing pretty good. But, Rochester. Yeah, that's a city. It's a city. Yeah. This is a city. Yes. Okay. The city is doing pretty good. I think in general, but there's a lot of businesses which are failing. But it's like more like businesses in this area are doing very well. Businesses in this other area do very doing very poorly. Mm. And Does it have to do with the type of business? I think a lot of what it has to do is so there's a Walmart to open up um, down a mm-hmm. little bit downtown. It's a super Walmart, and then so what started happening is uh, now there's a new market basket over there, and then there's a um, Marshalls, and then there's a beauty store, shoe store, all these different things that open up down there. Now the alcohol store moved down there. They used to be down by the you know the Lalic Mall, which mm-hmm. is, used to be the kind of hopping spot, but now everything's kind of moved down there. So. It, it's like uh, I, I think it's a matter of convenience because people don't want to be driving down to this part of town because uh, there's not as much going on or the, everyone's going down to the Walmart and then when they go to the Walmart it's like oh let's check out this other store let's check out this other store no one comes down here anymore or, or as much so I don't think that the city is doing poorly overall but there's a lot of businesses closing just because of locality Mm. So it's more like a, a relocation than anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even if it's a different type of store, like a Ben Franklin's closes and a Marshall's opens, like, mm-hmm. like it's it's just a relocation, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. One thing I don't get though. So so actually, it's two things I don't get. Okay, there's two things in the world. Okay, I I, I get this to some degree, but gas stations aren't doing very well. Okay. Because uh, like certain gas stations are doing extremely well, like Cumberland Farms and uh, other other big ones. But uh, a lot of these smaller kind of like uh, independently independently run gas stations, they're not doing very well. But uh, so I see like a lot of gas stations which are closed. Uh, the the one thing I don't get though is how there's so many like barber shops, like so many people cutting hair and serving food, because hmm. those are not very good businesses. I think the overhead costs for things like that are super super minor. So like the amount of customers you need is very low in order to keep it running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a good point. Versus like, uh, you need the the connections you would need and the upfront starting capital for like a gas station compared to mm-hmm. a salon is like night and day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad point, and I suppose it's a skill based uh, profession too. Hey everyone, it's Matt Sicoria from the Behavioral Observations Podcast. We provide stimulating talk for today's behavior analyst. But if you're not a behavior analyst, you don't even know what a behavior analyst is. Well, that's okay too, because we have lots of interesting things going on here at the podcast. We talk about all sorts of things related to behavioral sciences. So if you want to check it out and learn more about what this show is all about, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and PodcastNH.com. Thanks for checking it out. You know, I want to go off on a rant here since this is the rant episode where I have a theory about all this plastic, all of this. Everybody wants to switch away from plastic, right? And they're saying that there, it's, there's all this litter and it doesn't biodegrade and all of that. My theory is that this is actually a government ploy to move us away from oil because you need oil in order to produce all of this plastic so if we can create a substance that does not use the oil we can become less dependent on foreign oil and create stuff within in-house instead i mean yeah i mean that sounds right so my question is how much of the science behind there's all this litter and we need to get rid of plastic because it doesn't biodegrade is based on science and how much of it is based on uh, political interest. Well, I mean, it, there's always a coffee once there. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't get why, if, if that was the case, my my inclination would be to be like, hey, guys, like, we're using a lot of oil to make plastic. We should cut down on use on plastic because that will, will limit the amount of oil we're using, and we can probably find a cheaper option. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that sounds like a better argument to me that is going to be less controversial than saying oh it's for the environment because global warming and turtles choke on them Uh, a lot of people so i think those arguments people use about the animals and stuff that are the more emotionally like like emotionally charged Mm -hmm. i think you and i respond better to more intellectual on arguments Mm -hmm. and but other people respond to like think about the turtles and the the doves Mm -hmm. and then they show pictures of like doves and turtles but uh uh, but isn't that manipulation? I mean, everything's manipulation to some degree. Okay, let's talk about that statement. Everything's manipulation to some degree. Yeah, well, okay, okay. so it depends on how you, you put it, right? Mm-hmm. So let me, let me just phrase this correctly because mm-hmm. there is 
proper phrasing in here. So on some level, everything is manipulation if you want to look at it from an amoral point of view. So from the amoral point of view, like me trying to change your behavior in any sort of way is a manipulation. Mm -hmm. Now, you can agree or disagree with that particular word, but uh, me trying to change somebody in some sort of way is manipulating them. And that's from an immoral context. A, oh, sorry, an amoral context. Meaning that morals not applying. Yeah, so we're looking at just the base definition of this form of manipulation, which is just trying to change someone's behavior. So I, I don't know that I agree with that definition. Which is fine, because a more common use for manipulation is trying to change someone's behavior, but with a negative connotation. I think there has to be a level of of deception involved for it to be manipulation mm. you can influence somebody without or try to influence somebody to make a mm. to change their mind without it being manipulating them yeah. i think manipulation there has to be a level of deceit i agree with you with those definitions if if because that's a very common way of using the word uh in other contexts the word is amoral so it's just it's not like you said, influence is kind of a word there. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of two separate kind of things there. Mm -hmm. And there's also a question about whether something's manipulation if you're not doing it consciously versus if you're doing it consciously. So like if I, there's an example of like bringing a girl to like a, uh, bringing a date to a uh, restaurant where the lights are low, where there's some soft music playing, where there's some tasty food, a little bit of wine, so on and so forth. So it sounds like a very romantic date. But if, and that's a kind of very unconscious, instinctive kind of thing to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're consciously thinking, you know, I'm going to bring her to a place with her, where there's low light because her eye, her pupils will dilate, which will make her cause to be, you know, focused more on me and just be more interested because I'm going to be the thing that kind of focuses in, on her vision. And then I'm going to have some nice soft music because scientifically, you know, nice soft music inclines people to romantic feelings. And then it's a little bit of wine because wine kind of loosens people up and I want her to be loose with me because this would kind of help enhance her date and maybe my chances of, uh, you know, maybe perhaps dating her if I'm interested in that. And then, you know, you can go through all these different factors about why you're doing it. And on the one hand, if you do it instinctively, it's not necessarily bad. People are like, oh my God, that so, sounds so romantic. But if I say something like, I'm going to bring her into like a darkly lit place, that way her pupils dilate, that way she feels more connected to me because I'm one she has to focus on, that sounds kind of sociopathic. Yeah, the way you say things sounds really sociopathic, Nathan. I, I think that intention comes into play there, and that's, that's kind of where we get from influence to manipulation is intention. So I, I think that there's intention and there's conscious intention and unconscious intention. Mm -hmm. And what people don't differentiate between is unconscious and conscious. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't really play much into the manipulation thing because like if you want to say manipulation is necessarily a you know moral word that has moral charge to it, then okay, that's fine. So manipulation is bad then. But if you want to use it as in a scientific context, so when uh, biologists, for instance, are talking about how creatures kind of uh, evolve and how they interact with their with their kin, the term manipulation is used, and it's not used in a, like a moral context. It's not saying this is bad that they're doing this. It's just kind of it's just saying there's a change that is being influenced, or they're they're influencing change into another individual. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you want to use the bad or good version of it, it's fine. But I, I think a lot of what goes into manipulation, I think a lot of what people consider manipulation is more of the conscious effort, where I think people are subconsciously kind of uh, influence or let's say this changing influencing. So to just go with the base definition, so just kind of change someone's behavior. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is unconscious, 
but people don't really care about the unconscious so much as they care about the conscious mm-hmm. de- efforts. Yeah. And but I I think oftentimes they're the same result. I think having intuitions of something does not mean it's necessarily better or worse. I think if you're consciously making a decision to deceive somebody for for personal gain, that's that's worse than if it's an unconscious side effect. If you intend to do something nice and there's uh, there's consequences that end up benefiting you too, like that's not that's not the same. So this is going with the negative definition of manipulation. But let's just talk about this like affecting. So let's say mm-hmm. affecting. Let's use that word because that's very morally neutral, right? Okay. So if you're trying to affect someone in some way, be it for good or bad, doesn't matter if you're doing it consciously or unconsciously. Yes. Is there a difference? Yes. What's the difference there? The difference is that is in in one sense your so there's always a conscious level to everything. So you, I guess I don't understand where your differentiation comes in. So with the example of the person bringing out the person to, to, to for a date, mm-hmm. right? So there's two scenarios there, and both scenarios are exactly the same, let's say. But what's different is the conscious intention. So in one instance, the person's very unconscious. They're creating all of these kind of things because they know how this will affect them. They know, it's, you know, we'll say it's very romantic, it's very this. There's these internal processes which are kind of saying, this is going to be this because of X, Y, and Z. This, this, is, this is the effect I'm going for, and this is the effect that will be occurring on this person. And, you know, people say, it's, oh, that's so romantic, that's so, you know, lovely. But if someone, you know, goes over all the reasons why things are actually happening and is more deliberate about the choices because, i.e., you know, low lighting because your people's dilate, the other person's doing low lighting because, you know, it's more romantic. They have, like, a general kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But they're not actually voicing the full reason why they well, I, that. I, I guess what I'm seeing here is that you're thinking that the reason that they want to do something romantic is because it gives this outcome. That's the same outcome as if you thought it out and wrote it all down in the scientific method the way that you're talking in scenario two. I think that there are other reasons that you can want to do something romantic, such as it will bring happiness to the other person, and that that is a reason that that on a conscious level, if that's your reasoning, that is a better reasoning than because then thinking it out and having all of these reasons, like pretty much is going to get me laid. I think the intention is all that matters. So I I don't disagree. So I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying that's not necessarily incompatible with the with the kind of low level explanations of things or low level kind of reasoning, because in the instance of someone saying I want to make them happy, that is a very high level thing. What what is happiness? You know, how can you define that? I know when I see it, but uh, that's a very high level kind of this word people are using. Like, what I want for the justice system? I want peace and order, and it's very easy to say. And mm-hmm. people can go out to achieve that, and they have their means of doing so. Yeah, take them to Olive Garden. Right. They, they can put their, <laughs> they, they can they can influence people with, or they can affect people. Say they can affect people through their various methods and their intuitions to kind of achieve that goal of law and order or happiness or whatever it may be. But if someone's more intentional, they're using they're breaking up that lower level goal into kind of, or that higher level goal into kind of low order kind of operations. Mm-hmm. And when you break it up into world of operations, people have the inclination or the intuition that it's more deceitful or it's more manipulative or it's it's kind of bad. 
But my argument is that people who are going after the high order one, they're not aware of the all the the low order manipulations that they're doing or low little effects they're kind of trying to influence. But they're still doing it. It's just they're saying instead of saying this is what I'm doing, I know each little component here. They're instead just combining it into the higher goal and not kind of disregarding all the low level stuff on a conscious level. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess I guess if if in scenario one where they're just doing this thing because they know it will have this out, outcome without thinking about all of the processes that create that outcome versus person two who's thinking out every little detail to make the same outcome. Mm -hmm. As long as both are trying for the same outcome, I don't think it's relevant. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of my argument. So, like, but people will hear the first or the second example of mm -hmm. someone who's being very conscious and kind of, that was kind of your natural kind of thought too mm -hmm. is that there's something wrong with this person that well because of the way you phrased it like yeah. phrasing obviously is gonna gonna play a huge role into that yeah i think if you end with and all of these things combined will give us this outcome mm -hmm. or maybe lead with that then uh, i think it would be much more accepting than just saying because and and or not giving a reason at all mm-hmm I phrase it in that way, you know, to be a little bit uh, provocative, but uh, th this is an example given by a podcast I listen to. He's like a philosopher dude. His name is uh, Kevin DeLaPlante, and he does a podcast called The Argument Ninja. And so this is like a thing he kind of asks his students like every year, essentially. And he, you know, goes through it and everyone is, you know, all good with the first example. And then they he describes the second example kind of similar way I did. And then was like, no, that's terrible. Like he's, he sounds like a sociopath, you know, although it's having the same exact result. Maybe I didn't make that you know, clear enough when I was describing it the first time. But then uh, he gives a third example of someone who is, you know, autistic, you know, someone who's autistic, but who's also high functioning, who has a date, who's planning out all these social details. Mm -hmm. So people say, oh, that's okay because this person doesn't have the social intuition kind of just kind of assume what's good and what's bad. They have to kind of think it out and kind of plan it out. Mm -hmm. So there's like three different instances and people's just natural inclinations is that the more conscious something is, more deliberate a choice is, the more impact that has onto whether that choice is moral or not, depending, you know, regardless of whether uh, the outcome is the same. Mm -hmm. Well, I think any instance where you are having an effect on another person, you have to take into consideration the moral implications of that. So the more you think out the details, the more you have to consider the moral implications of that. Which I agree with. Definitely, definitely true. And I think this is what people, I think people ascribe more moral virtue to, I think people ascribe more moral virtue, I can't say that word, virtue, to people who make a conscious choice to do something good, as opposed to people who just kind of let it happen. Mm -hmm. So if Bill Gates, let's say, this is a bad example. But if Bill Gates accidentally gives a million dollars to somebody, if if he gives a million dollars away to someone for a tax write off, you know he's making a you know a conscious decision to decrease his taxes. People hate that. Mm -hmm. But if he's going to do it because he wants to help people and says this is to help people, mm -hmm. you know maybe there's underlying financial implications which he's kind of considering in his head. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe he just wants to help people. But regardless, people's perception of whether what he's doing is moral or not is dependent upon his intention. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, there's other ways that he could he could do that, and there's an infinite amount of... Um, there's other ways to reduce your taxes. There's other ways to, uh, to, to, to take money off your books. There's a million charities that he could possibly give to. So I think 
that what should really be looked at is where that money is going. I think the reason is irrelevant, but I think where it goes is relevant. I think all that matters, regardless of intention, is the final outcome in situations like that. So that's a philosophical view you have, and I'm kind of more along that line. Like, to me, it doesn't quite matter why someone does something. It more matters that they did something. Well, I don't I don't agree with I don't fully agree with that. No. Uh, what do you disagree with that? I disagree that it doesn't matter why somebody does something at all. Um, I think intention do- definitely has a role. Like give me an example of where like intention matters. Um, okay. So uh, I am I wrongfully believe that if I slap you as hard as I can in the face, you're going to get $100. And I think that that is something you would want. So I slap you in the face as hard as I can. The final outcome is that you have pain and no money. But my intention was to actually do something good for you. The outcome is I did something bad for you. I think that the intention in a situation like that matters more than the final outcome. My intention was to do good. The outcome wasn't good. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think there are other situations where... The intention is irrelevant and that all that matters is the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to think about this a little bit more. I think that maybe we should continue this discussion next week in our episode. So, hey guys, tune in next week for part two of Just Talking. This episode is just us talking about stuff, random stuff. No subject. Next week, no subject. Well, I guess we're going to continue to talk about what we're talking about. But see us then. Hey, Peppin. Yo, yo. Do you usually subscribe to entire podcasts, or do you look for specific topics? Well, I try using the search function on my podcast player on my phone. It doesn't work too well. I try using Google. Google, it's not really set up for it. So I honestly have trouble. Why don't you just use Listen Notes? Listen Notes? What's that? It's a search engine for podcasts that doesn't just search for the terms you're looking for in the title of the episode or the title of the podcast, but from inside the episode itself. Meaning if you're looking for a specific topic, you can find specific podcast episodes that are about that topic. You know, that sounds a lot easier than spending the hours and hours I have just trying to find the exact right keywords to actually get it to bring up the episode. I mean, usually I just get like a million uh, how to start your own podcast articles. It's really annoying. So that sounds a lot better. Exactly. When you're looking for something to listen to, just go to listennotes.com, type in a topic you're interested in, and you'll get instant gratification, useful results. That's listennotes.com. Check it out now.